Let's, um, let's go to our scripture then, 2 Timothy. If you have your Bibles at home, have them here or you're out in the car and have your Bibles. Things changed a little bit with me too, Sue. I, I had a whole different thing set up and, and um, I had some conversations this month with pastors and, and people and I, I, feel, um, I feel I owe you folks an apology right off the bat as we start this time because I should have... Um, helped you become more aware of what's going on in our denomination. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today in the United Methodist Church. But um, I I changed scripture and everything, and the scripture is 2 Timothy 3, um, 16 and 17, folks. And um, I want to read it to you from the message. It goes like this. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for each one of us. Now then, my friends, um, listen to this. This is the word of God for all people. Thanks be to God. So I, I didn't know what to name this, so I just said, what a mess. If you don't know what's going on in the United Methodist Church, I'm going to give you an overview of it today and and let you know that we are in a mess. We're in a mess with the building program, you know, and everything is going on there. And we're in a mess with um, um, the United Methodist Church. And and, um, I'm going to share with you some things today that uh, are not meant to be hurtful, but some people might find them hurtful, and, and it's not my intention to ever do that. Um, And I do apologize that this is the first time that I've truly spoken about it. We've spoken about it in in board meetings and stuff like that, but not here in front of you to let you know what's going on. Um, It started in 1972. It started in 1972. It was the first time they took a vote on this whole issue of homosexuality in the church and um, our stance on it of, of not um, thinking that it's scripturally sound to marry two people of same sexual uh, people and to have them um, become pastors. In 1972, Bishop Thomas was the presiding uh, bishop of that discussion, and um, he let it go on for... Um, that afternoon for about three and a half, four hours, I was lo- I was able to be there. The first, the first uh, general conference I ever went to was in 1972, and this issue was the main focus. And when we left there, it was um, uh, the high 80s. 86 percent of the people said no. Um, we we don't think that homosexuality is okay in God's word. So they turned on down the changing of those words. That happened in 1972, and so for the past 50 years, um, we have been debating that subject, spending, I imagine, millions of dollars to, um, to go through that time. Um, and then comes along 2016, was the general conference where they was hoping that it would finally be changed. But the vote didn't, didn't go that way. And we still said we hold to the, to the discipline 
and the traditional views of the church on this issue of homosexuality. Now, if you don't know what the discipline is, the discipline is a is a, a book that has been put together over the last since 1968, but it was long before that with the Brethren Church and the Evangelical Church and the Methodist Church, and they were combined all those things there. and And it's um, the discipline is our rules. Now, if you took time to read the discipline, there's lots of things in there you wouldn't agree with. Lots of things. Lots of things I had never agreed with and never did do um, that we were supposed to do. Um, But this homosexual issue is um, relevant to all of us. In 2016, we stayed true to our, our doctrinal standards. But the, the outcry was so terrible that, that they decided to have a special meeting in 2019. Um, Doug, if I'm giving these dates wrong, correct me, okay? And Dave, I mean, not Doug, Dave. Um, in 2019, they decided they would have a special conference where they would vote on this and be done with it. Be done with it. And... and um, uh, the whole realm of everything uh, is just this one, one statement where we say that homosexuality isn't in line with God's word. And they want to take that out and make it so that it is okay to do that. So in 2019, they had this special meeting just to solve this problem. And after the meeting was over, the traditional view still stood, still maintained that way, that we would hold to the fact. And just let me read you a line to help us understand. Um, In the book of discipline, uh, it says that uh, um, we affirm that, uh, that all persons possess sacred worth and are welcome in any church, our church. And that's true here, isn't it? Anybody can come in here. I don't care who they are. And what are we going to do? Nothing but love them and care for them. But the practice of homosexuality is contrary to Christian teaching. And our pastors, right at this point, right at this point, cannot and should not marry same-sex people. Well, hang on to that thought. And... We have said that if you're a practicing homosexual, you can't become a pastor. Hang on to that thought. Let me let me just as I'm thinking about this, let me just say to you, I don't have a problem with a homosexual in the pulpit. I don't have a problem with an alcoholic in the pulpit. I hope you don't have a problem with a drug addict in the pulpit. Amen? As long as they're not active, that's the key. As long as they've repented and said, okay, I'm going to fight this battle. I'm not going to, to give in to that. I, I don't want a pastor who comes in here and stands in this pulpit and then goes home and beats his wife up. Amen? You know what I mean? I don't want a pastor standing here sharing God's word and then go home and beat his kids half to death. Right? We don't want that. We want someone who's doing their best to be that person of of faith and trust. The problem was, when they left that 2019 
conference, I think it was 27 different districts said, no, we're not buying into that anymore. We are not going to live by the standards of this discipline. They simply declared that they would live not by the book of discipline, but they would do whatever they thought best, including practicing, marrying practicing gay persons and ordaining gay active people. Uh, Jim, would you guys hand those out, Dave? I want you to, you just need one per family. This is um, Sue and, and Terry and I saw this this week, uh, this past month at annual conference here. We saw the um, pastors that are coming in to be ordained, uh, all, 10 of them, 12 of them? 12 of them, um, we, we saw them answer these questions. And these questions are what every elder since Methodism started have asked, been asked. And um, what they are is questions of faith. And, and if you look at several of those questions, it talks about the discipline of the United Methodist Church. Do you know the policy of the United Methodist Church? Do you agree with the policy? And, they, and to, if you don't say yes, you're not ordained. Okay? So everybody says yes to these questions. Well, my friends, what, have ha- what has happened? The mess we are in, one conference, a whole conference, said we're not buying this anymore. They elected an active gay bishop. An active gay bishop who's married to another woman where she shouldn't even be a pastor. And here she is, a bishop. And um, where we stand as evangelicals and on the other side of that line, and I hate to say us and them, because that's the problem with this, is it's us and them. Um, we stand on that other side as traditionalists, um, evangelicals, who are opposite of the progressive centrist people. And um, if we think it's bad now, it's only going to get worse, my friends. And that's the mess we're in. So a bunch of people did get together. And I give you that paper. I give you that paper so that you can take that paper home and and look at those questions. I answered those questions 41 years ago. I answered those questions 41 years ago, and I'm still living up to them. And I'll live up to them until the United Methodist Church changes that, that paragraph and makes sin okay. See, I'm going to hurt people saying stuff like that, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to at all. So a bunch of people got together on both sides, all the people, centrists, progressives, traditionalists, got together, and they put together this um, protocol of reconciliation and grace through separation. And it was all but all done, and it was going to be taken place and focused in on the 2020 um, uh, general conference and we were going to come out of there able to be um, whoever we wanted to be a, a liberal church or a traditional church but as you know 2020 the general conference didn't happen and then they said we'll do it in 2022 and then this spring they said no we'll do it in 2024 
and uh, obvious the this protocol probably won't even happen in 2024. Nobody knows what's going to happen in 2024. If you're, whatever you're reading in the paper, don't buy into it because nobody knows what's going to happen there. But we do know, we do know that we have um, people who have broken covenant, a broken covenant, and um, because of that, um, the global Methodist um, church started up this year at. May 1st. And May 1st, they started up to say, okay, we, we, if we don't want to be there, we can go now. And a lot of churches, my friends, are leaving. Four of the churches that I served over these past 41 years have left already um, and are in the process of it. And the reason they're leaving is because probably right now might be the most advantageous time to leave. But down the road, um, it might cost more. We don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen and what kind of um, path that's going to be on. But the church, what the mess is, the United Methodist Church that you used to be in doesn't exist anymore. You need to know that. I'll tell you how bad it is. Just one example. A gay bishop, a different one than the, than the California bishop, a gay bishop um, was asked to do a wedding in Mississippi, and the bishop there, who was not on that liberal side, said, please don't come here and marry anybody. And that gay bishop said, you can't tell me what to do. And he went and married those people in another bishop's conference. That's the terrible place we're in. We're not in a good place. It's a mess. And, and I, I hate to say this to you, but one day we're going to have to make a decision of what church we will be. Um, in two years, in 2024, at the, when the general conference is over, you will, you will make a decision at that point. And if you choose not to make a decision, you've made a decision, you know? And, it, and it, it, whatever we do, it's going to cost us to get out. I think um, right now the average for our church would be, I don't know, I don't, just a general figure, maybe 140,000 for us to tell the United Methodist Church we don't want to be there anymore and become a, a more of that conservative route. But, but I, I guess I want you to understand, I want you to understand the United Methodist Church is not who we are anymore. My friend's covenant has been broken. That list of things there that hold us accountable doesn't mean a thing anymore. Doesn't, it doesn't mean a thing. Now let me share this with you. Don't believe the lie that the reason we're separating is because of homosexuality. That's not why we're separating. We're separating because of the low opinion some people have of God's word. Oh, gosh, I hate saying that. It sounds judgmental. It sounds, it sounds like I'm saying they're, they're wrong and they're, they're not right in God's word. But that's, who, that's the truth, friends. The real, you know, the, the cancer that we see is, is the homosexual issue. That's the cancer. 
But that's not the problem. The problem of the cancer is way down deep inside with everybody, isn't it? And way down deep inside is we don't take God's word as the inerrant word of, of his. We don't listen to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Friends, I need you to know this. There are pastors coming into um, our world the past few years that do not believe in Jesus Christ, that don't believe he was the Son of God given to die for our sins, are basic tenets they don't buy into. And Phyllis Ann, <laughs> Phyllis Ann always looks at me and says, well, why don't these people just read the Bible, you know, and see this? And, and I keep looking at her, and she's frustrated over it too. And she, I said, honey, the Bible has nothing to do with this. And this has nothing to do with God's word. It's about the discipline. And we're going to make the and progressives and centrists, um, you can, they will hold that discipline up long before they do the Bible. If you think I'm, what I'm talking about is crazy, ask Sue. She's on, I'm sorry, Sue, you're, you're, Sue is on the conference committee on ministry that interviews these people that um, we're talking about coming in. Um, Unfortunately, today, and, and I say this gracefully, uh, people are in, entering the ministry because they want a job, not because they want to serve God, not because they want to um, be used as his healing agent. I, I, to help you understand what, what I'm saying is I'm not coming at this as an argument, you're wrong, I'm right, Okay. I come at it as an apologetic view. This is what God has put on my heart. And, and if you want to be with me, that's okay. If you don't want to be with me, that's okay. I'm going to love you anyways. doesn't matter either way. I'm going to care for you and, and lift you up. But I can't buy in. I had a, a couple friends of mine that I was very good friends with in the community and they, they were, a, it was a lesbian couple. And we had, we had become close friends. And um, they came and talked with me and shared with me and everything. And one day they said to me, they said, well, you know, we'd like to come to church. And I said, geez, come. You need the church, the church needs you. I said, come. I said, I said uh, whatever you hear will never be intentionally aimed at you. That's for sure. Because it's aimed at everybody, isn't it? All of us are sinners needing God's what? grace and mercy and healing. One girl couldn't come. The other girl came, the better friend, I guess, came two times and she, we met um, the three of us one time. She said, you're right, it's hard. And I said, well, it's not that it's hard. And they knew I loved them der- terribly. But I said, it's just what scripture says. And I, I have to go on that side of Scripture, and, and I'm, I'm going to err there. And so the apologetic says, this is what God has put on my heart. And I'm sure if you talk to a centrist or, pro, or a progressive, they're going to say the same thing. But every part, when I say to you that the homosexuality is not the issue, the inerrant word of God is, and where is Jesus Christ in it? I, I was at an airport one time talking to a Jehovah, no, 
What's the guy out in Salt Lake City? Mormon. I was talking to a Mormon, and, um, and he was going on a mission trip for two years, you know, that they have to go on uh, to become that finalized adult. And, um, and, I said, and we were sitting there talking, and I said to him, I said, um, where does Jesus Christ fit into all of your um, thinking? And he, and he went through this whole thing about how he believed in God and trusted Jesus Christ and, and, um, and, and did all this stuff. And, and I thought to myself, well, this sounds pretty good. And I pushed him a little bit more, and I said, well, where does Jesus Christ fit into this mission work? And he said, oh, oh he's a good teacher. You know, and he's a good uh, prophet, but never a good savior. And I finally asked him, I said, well, do you know him as, your, as Jesus, as your savior? And he said, oh, no. And I said, well, that's the difference between you and I. Now, I want to say to you, progressives and centrists will paint a great picture. But where does Jesus Christ fit into it is the question. And um, I'm, going to, I'm going to end with this. Um, the United Methodist Church doesn't exist as the way we knew, knew it. Not too far back, five years, maybe ten years. Phyllis Ann has been in the United Methodist Church for 83 years. You have been in the United Methodist I've been there 41 years. I'm going to seek to do all the good that I can, any way that I can, in all the places I can, in all the times that I can, to all the people that I can, anytime, anywhere I can. I'm going to stay steadfast to that in my heart. Did, did that help? Or did, you know, I, I don't want, you know, friends, you need to know this. When this all comes down, people that we love and care for in this congregation, in this community are going to leave. Whatever decision you make, you know, whatever decision you make, you're going, people are going to leave and they're going to be mad. And I think our, our job is, in the craziness of all, is to be that reflection of Christ and love no matter what. I've, I've asked um, David to keep abreast of all this. David, do you have anything you want to share, or did I do okay? Beyond that, not really, real estate that the conference decides to do in, in the good of the entire Methodist church. They could come in here tomorrow, close this church down, sell it off, nice real estate on the corner, to pay their debts. That sounds crazy, but it can be done. And it's been challenged. The, 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 who owns the real estate has been challenged in Ohio law, according to a person I talked to that Pastor knows pretty well, that's abreast of this. And, and that clause will stand. So... Staying, going, who, who, uh, you know, making those decisions is one thing, but tied to it is who controls the real estate, and unfortunately, money. So it, it, this hits us at a very awkward time. We're trying to refurbish the buildings, making another plan, but 
In 2019, when they had that big vote and the traditional viewpoint prevailed, they put a, they put a new little paragraph in there giving the progressives an out. They can leave, take their real estate with them, pay a fee, and believe it or not, that is actually the paragraph that's being used now by the traditionalists to get out. Nobody knows in 2024 what's going to happen, as Pastor said, but in 2024, if they close the window to leave with the real estate and you decide that, you know, I don't really like, I don't want to be part of this group or this group, and not trying to make a fine point as to where we are, other than I think we are a traditionalist congregation, um, we don't know what's going to happen in 2024. So there's a path now which would take a lot more discussion than I think we're, than we're at right now to, to any, make any kind of decisions. But people just have to be aware that real estate's a big part of this. Who, who controls the properties? Um, and that's known by everybody involved. So that's something we have to pay attention to. I'm, I've studied this some. It's very complicated. But I'm, you know, I've told Pastor and the, and the Ad Council that I'm willing to start sharing as much information as I can on it. And a lot of it's through YouTube videos. There's a whole lot of information out there. So I'm going to be putting some of that, I guess, in the upcoming links, keep the discussion going in Ad Council, and uh, try to keep an open mind and be as fair as possible with it because it's, it's a very complex situation. It's hitting us hard, unfortunately. It's, it's the traditional church that I think most of us grew up in and know that is being forced to make the decision. And as Pastor said, if you choose not to decide, you've still made a choice. And the... the the church that remains, United Methodist Church, is going to be a very different church in about five years. And I'll just leave it at that. I can feel your heart, Pastor Floyd. And I know today I was told by a member of Henrietta um, that Ray Ake is speaking at Henrietta today, and he is, oh. he is an evangelistic man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then everybody's heart is hurting over this. Yeah. Anybody else want to have anything you want to share before I quit? Nobody? Don't be afraid to say anything. And, and don't be afraid to come to Sue and to Terry and um, to Patty and to Dave. Come and talk to them. Tell them what you're thinking. Tell them what we need to, you think we need to do, you know. We're in a mess, friends. We're a mess, and um, I always want to be faithful. My my pastor friends, when I get when we get together and we pray, they say we always go around at the end. And what do you, what do you need prayer for? And people, we all, most of them all say for our churches. The churches are serving, and I always look at them and say, "This is what I want you to pray for me. Pray that I stay faithful to God's calling in my life." Amen. And I pray that for you too. Well, let's pray. Let's pray and we'll, we'll go home, okay? Wait a minute. Phyllis Ann, you got something you want to say? Uh-oh. Uh, I've been in the United Methodist Church. Put it right up to your mouth, honey. We can't hear you. I've been in the United Methodist Church since uh, 1983. I was born in a United Methodist Church, and I've always been there. 
and, and I will always be here. Yep. Praise God. My mom took me to church when I was three months old. And and I've been there all these years and and I will stay there. Nineteen thirty nine and gets you three months, yeah. All right. Yes. Yeah. The new, we never really talk about this, the, the new iteration of Methodism that's emerging here called the Global Methodist Church. That's mm-hmm. what it's all consolidating around. I'd encourage anybody and everybody to go online, go to their website and look at what they're doing because um, it's, it's very well organized, very well funded. It's going to be um, it's going to be a major force, and it's uh, you know it's it's just not it's it's not the second team. It's not saying oh gee this is what's left. It's not like that at all. They they're going to plant like thirty five hundred churches right away. Right away. Yeah. So they're they're moving in a, in a, and it's interesting because it's 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 old traditional impetus that's pushing it, but it's uh, it's new but it's not. It's going to be the traditional Methodists and just take a. You hear about the negative of everything, but take a look at the Global Methodist Church because that's what's going to be the, the new expression of what the traditionalists are doing. If you need that website, get a hold of me or uh, Stacy, um, right behind you. Let's stand together and we'll pray as we leave, okay? You know, I think this is one of those things you need to have parking lot conversations over. It's one of those things where we need to share with each other and then make sure it gets back to, again, um, Patty and uh, Sue and and um, Terry, our our main leaders here. They need to they need to know what you're thinking. So, God, as we come before you and and uh, are ready to leave this house of worship where we have talked about. The, the mess uh, that we've got your church into, we pray your healing grace would would um, be the thing that uh, empowers everybody. Help us to to understand that we can separate uh, lovingly, uh, and help us to understand that that um, you have not given up your church, that you are still on the on the throne that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that you are guiding and directing us. Help us to feel that and sense that and pray that. As we go from this place, I hope we don't go hurt or confused. And if I've caused anybody to be hurt today, forgive me, Lord. But help us to go from this place, set in our hearts that we will worship you and serve you through your word, through your fellowship, through this community. Use us, Lord, on this circle, we pray, to be that light of your love and your grace in this world. May we go from here. May we go from here knowing that it's a 
very difficult thing to be a reflection of your love. But help us to set that in our hearts to do that. All for your glory, all for your honor, all for your praise. Do we pray this today? And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.